1: whose line is it anyway it's your line you spent three years stealing my line and now you can have the line I've got no line (laughs) I'd offer you water but it'll just make you burp
0: no I'm getting quite thirsty
1: (laughs) the thing is we should know this by now we have to get here Sophie here early we have to do it all before lunch because after lunch completely falls apart she can't do it
0: Hello and welcome to The Great
1: Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Sophie Robinson.
0: And I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And nearly happy new year. Today's episode is all about plans, dreams, inspiration and getting stuck in in the best tradition of the New Year optimism.
1: And for one episode only to finish off the year in style, we have resurrected our design crime slot, sparked by some of the truly wondrous hotels that Sophie has stayed in (laughs) over the (laughs) last year while filming
0: her TV show. Bringing back the pain. And talking of my new interior design TV show, thank you all so much for the ideas of the title. Nick Grant suggested Sophie's Sofa Safari. (laughs) Very good. And Sophie So Good. I think that's a pun. Jenny Lyas has lots of ideas, including colour confidence. There might be an online course name there actually uh, already, Jenny. Uh, ColourNation and Your House, Your Way. Oh, I like that. Oh, Yeah, that's really good, isn't it? And Minnie Claridge wants it to be called Colouring In with Sophie Robinson, which is great. Although people might think that's an art show and I can't claim to be one of those. (laughs) So maybe not. Incidentally, Jenny's house is not going her way right now as it's getting horribly beaten up by the storms and rain is coming in. Sending strength, Jenny, and I hope the podcast helps. Keep your morale up. There's also lots of support for
1: using Sophie's favourite hashtags for a title. Ban the beige and colour confidence. But my personal favourite, and I'm so sorry, I can't find the original post so I can't mention your name, but what a great idea. Make my house sing. And actually what I love about these is they're all really getting into your design philosophy, which we're going to see a lot of when the show comes out, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, i
0: tell you what you are not going to see. There's me singing, that's for sure. <laughs> so you're not doing art, you're that not doing would singing. Be a whole other programme and I don't think it would get recommissioned. <laughs>
1: I think you did some singing once on the podcast that yeah, we kept. we we'll have to dig out that episode. <laughs> Anyhow, what are we talking about today as this year? Do you know what this period is called? I love this. Christmas. It Twixmas! is... No, no, stop. Happy She's singing Twixmas! She's singing. You see, this is what happens. <laughs> it's just anarchy. It's Twixmas. I Don't call it that. <laughs> That's one of the band words, along with icon. Icon's a band word. And un- Twixmas. And un- un-
0: hunky-dory. Oh,
1: oh. <laughs> I wanted to make a... So you can call it that if you want, but my lovely Swedish friend, mm. Tanya, we were talking before Christmas about when we would get together, and I said not calling it Twixmas I said in that dead week between Christmas and New Year which also isn't very romantic and she said in Swedish we call it between the years I love that so we this show is going out between the years oh I love that isn't that nice see that's better than your
0: Twixmas Schmixmas it's not as as good as Kate Taylor's word for it though perineum (laughs) (laughs) now we're going to get an adult warning slapped on us we'll be censored the
1: perineum part of the year i'm gonna go with that i'm going with between the years thank you tanya and i'll see you soon
0: okay so whatever you want to call this particular time of year one thing for sure is i think it's a brilliant time to start feeling excited about the year coming ahead. If you've got any renovation, redecoration plans, brewing for 2022, I think this is a nice time. You know, it's still not the new year, so you can still eke this bit out. Sit back, relax, get your
1: ducks in a row. That is absolutely key for me, though. That period is lining up the ducks. I really like the fact that you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything. The pressure of Christmas, which we've talked about in previous episodes, is off. So you might be doing something for New Year. You might not. But for me, it feels like a slightly indulgent period where if you want to just sit inside and read or write or think about things. You don't to anyone things. if you don't want exactly. to. Exactly. And I... I always feel it's it's really important for me psychologically that I'm able to wake up on the 1st of January feeling clear about where I'm going. Or maybe the
0: 2nd of January. I don't put too much pressure on myself (laughs) on the 1st of January. I don't don't necessarily feel clear. Well, there's all those people who are not drinking, they've got to go to the gym, they've made all these promises. None of them actually happened to about the 5th, let's be honest.
1: But... The idea yes. is that you know you've written down. Some people write down their goals for the year ahead. Oh, don't I loved they? you
0: do that. I love a bit no. of vision. I love a bit of vision boarding of a new year. I gave up the resolution thing. You know, New Year's resolutions ages ago because I don't. For me, writing things in a list is just another list of things to do, which yeah. just makes me feel tense. But mood boarding with images, getting excited about what's coming. out. Oh yeah, I love a bit of that. Love a bit of vision boarding.
1: Bit of no, manifestation. I just, no, I just like a bit of. Th- Thinking, I just like to I just clear like my to be head. Left alone. <laughs> I, I just like to be left alone. Yes, I like a bit of a rummage round to the brain. You know, dust under the folds, mm. clear it all out, and make it feel not necessarily that I'm filling it up with lots of things I want to do, but almost that it's kind of just clear for things to come yeah, in
0: giving giving yourself a, bit of a blank a blank cam, turning a yes. clean page in your notebook yes that kind of analogy I'm ready to see what comes but um, I think that way. I think it's right because I do use it as an opportunity and I think maybe this is because you know you're more of a writer so maybe the concept of getting organized in your brain and rummaging in your brain I mean I don't rummage in my brain I'd hate to think what I'd find in there <laughs> I'm much more kind of like this is where I get scrapbooking and get images together because for me and this is something that I teach on my online design school as well is to start getting a feeling going that's when my thoughts start getting clarified so it's less of a a goal so I don't really sort of say oh I'm going to hit this much money this year or I'm going to go to these specific places on holiday this year it'd be more like you know if you imagine wanting a certain amount of money it's not about the money it's what would that offer up for you would that offer up a feeling of Security, or a feeling of like taking more time out for yourself or does that mean more holiday with friends to be sociable? Do you see what I mean? And I think this, and I'm segwaying, segwaying here now back into Ooh, the world of interiors. I like the hand
1: actions. If you da, could da, see da, readers, she's got a segway. It's a bit
0: like a Mexican wave, yeah. but kind of more low level. I've got like yeah. a grass skirt on and I'm segwaying. Oh, she's hooling. I'm hooping Yeah, yeah. from into... One of the biggest questions that I get asked by people is how do you visualise what you want your room to look like? Where do you start? So I'm going out to all the people who are going to use their little Twixmas time... (gasps) A little perineum, a little in between the little in-between-the-years to think about what they're up for in terms of their interior design this year. And rather than thinking, oh, I need to plan this, I need to redecorate, I need to safer that, oh God, I've got to order a new sofa. These, I sometimes think, can be seen as problems and creative roadblocks, when you start putting little yes, things in, because you're
1: thinking, "Oh God, my sofa's uncomfortable. It's a real yeah. hassle. I've got to find oh, new one and what colour and what, color and yeah, what yeah. fabric." So it becomes
0: a, immediately a stress fest. A stress fest, which yeah. kills creativity. So I think using this time, or indeed any time, to just stop, like you say, clear, clear, clear the decks. The deck and start thinking on a lot more basic level of what what you want your home to look like. And so, for example, putting a vision board for me, for my life, or indeed in this context, an interior space, wouldn't even be about picking a paint colour or a specific sofa or, you know, wondering what fabric's going to go at the curtains. It would be more about just putting a board together of a room that made me feel how I wanted to feel in a space, whether that's calm and relaxed or uplifted and excited and invigorated, So I think you should give vision boarding a go, Kate. I think you could get into it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it a bit woo-wah for you? Is that what's happening here? (laughs) Maybe it's a bit woo-wah. I probably don't
1: do vision boarding or scrapbooking. When did that become a verb? Does (laughs) one have a scrapbook and stick things in it? But, you know, grammar lessons aside, I am a big fan of 3D inspiration. Shall we go with that? But not in the mood board sense. I like How to, to make something
0: 3D on a mood board. <laughs> yes.
1: I like going to go out and mm. that's where you might be inspired by a cafe or a restaurant or even, you know, the decor in a shop and or even just clothes shopping for mm. colors and patterns. I'm a big fan of that because god knows I spend a lot of time on my phone. I am not short of the 2D scroll, let's be honest. But that is by the very nature, sometimes a bit flat and you can look at a picture. And as everybody points out all the time now on Instagram and Pinterest, you can't see what's on the other side of the camera or what's behind me. Yeah. So you don't know actually how much of it is not faked, but has been presented to the camera. Whereas actually going into a real space, so it's a friend's house or, a, as I say, a shop or a cafe, and seeing how the whole space hangs together around you. That I think can be really inspiring. And that then comes back actually to your idea of, of being inspired by the mood because then you go into a place and you can start, you well, know, you, you, you get it, the vibe and you? you feel it. So, you know, I feel agitated in this space. Oh, I feel really relaxed. Why do I feel relaxed? Is it because I love that colour or is it because I love that texture or is it because, you know, the ceiling's high or whatever? So I think there's a danger that we are going to forget about the importance of, 3d inspiration because we're so busy looking at screens yeah for yeah, yeah 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 um, and I mean you live, well, you live
0: in london so you've got inspirational spaces yeah. on tap which is brilliant isn't it i mean interestingly in the last half term october i think it was me tom and arthur came up for three nights in london because actually arthur wanted to go to the british museum i use it as an excuse to book a lovely hotel and some <laughs> nice places to eat but Same actually, thing. you know, that was a real boost for me, not just because it was a holiday, but it is about the interiors for me when I get to go away. And London is such a like an incredible source. Of inspiration, and you said from the hotels, from the restaurants, from the bagel shop. You know, it doesn't have to be like posh places. Through to maybe not Hamleys, actually. I don't know that I got a lot of designing inspiration. Yeah, maybe inspiration. not Hamleys, but <laughs> I, quite, I quite like the Lego store though. I found that. Oh, I love a Lego store. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it, but it's all that stuff that obviously shops are put together to appeal to customers and sell things, obviously. But they are, for the most part the background to the stuff they are selling so you know they're trying to entice you in to buy their clothes or whatever it is but actually sometimes looking at the structure around the clothes is really interesting how they've been displayed how they've been displayed or how they've been designed so if you go around the the ground floor at liberties for example and all the different one of
0: my favorite one of inspiration for sure and of course
1: we can't all live in a house with a beautiful period panelled mezzanine Mm. area going up through the middle but actually if you go through the ground floor where i think they've got the makeup and the bags and the and the chocolate and things you know there are some areas which have beautiful tiles on them and there are some areas mm. with really nice paneling or how have they used a color on the wall behind a particular display of scents or clothes or shoes or something. So what you're talking
0: about is, when you're in a space that you're enjoying, that you're like, I don't know what it is about this place, I just love it. You know, Liberty is a brilliant example. You've then got to go to the next level and start breaking it down. You know, what is it in here that I'm enjoying? Is it the wood panelling? Is it the colour of the carpet on the floor? Or... Is it the way the space has been laid out? Is yeah. it the lighting? You know, lighting can it be incredible so in those sorts of spaces. So it's good to pause for a minute, isn't it, and start dissecting. But I think what that's it is. how you
1: should do any interior scheme. And to a certain extent, this would apply to Instagram and Pinterest as well. You know, oh, I love the picture of that room. Why? Is it because I love the fact they've painted the walls green? Is that the green I want for my room? And then you have to get into 3D with the tester pot and, you know, how does it make you feel? But I think it's really crucially trying to just take a few minutes. You don't have to get into kind of stressy homework. You know, buying a sofa can be stressy homework. You're just sort of taking five minutes to stand in the space and kind of soak it in and see which bit is your eye drawn to again and again, because that's probably the bit that's giving you the vibe or Mm. the bit that you're enjoying. And just take a few minutes to – and we're always rushing, aren't we, all the time? So – Go somewhere five minutes early and give yourself a
0: few minutes. I think think I think that's absolutely key. And I think it's really interesting that a lot of people who ask me how I come up with schemes, I think they maybe think that it just comes it just conjure it and it happens and out it comes. But actually it is a long process. It's cogitating, thinking. Oh, what is that Lloyd Grossman used to say it, didn't he? Deliberated, digested, concentration. Another D. Can't remember what it was. was, Yeah. Yeah. It was all of those. And it does, you have to filter through all those thoughts absolutely don't put the pressure on yourself when you're coming up with with schemes for your home think about it take the time look at lots of different references discount things create so what i then would do with a project is i'd bring together all these visual references i'm always snapping stuff on my phone for example creating little folders is that someone's phone going off is it? yeah
1: sorry it's um it's my hrt repeat prescription <laughs> <laughs> <Just> talking <laughs> perineums we'll just go on there we are right as you were. you can rest assured that i will be fully hormoned up by the next time we record an episode
0: well i'm still very perry yeah Yeah, so i'm always snapping stuff on my phone putting it in folders printing stuff off pinterest instagram you know getting it off the digital medium into the oldie worldy world on a piece of paper, and then, you know, editing those ideas down. Because you can get overwhelmed. That's the other problem. You know, we're not short of visual inspiration, whether it's in the 3D world or the 2D digital world. There is a lot out there I think, on offer. And I think it can get overwhelming for people. And I noticed that. I have been, you know, listeners and readers
1: of the blog will know, I've been trying to choose the fabric for the blinds for my sitting room for, oh, I think we've lived here for 10 years now. And I can't, I find it so overwhelming to look at all those fabrics. I need an edited selection. But I think we talk a lot in life about, you know, if you don't know whether a job is right for you or if someone is the right friend for you or something, we talk an awful lot about listening to and trusting our gut instinct. And I think for whatever reason, we have forgotten how to listen to our gut instinct on interiors. And when I used to do interior design consulting, I would sometimes panic that before I hadn't been to the person's house, I wouldn't be able to do it because I wouldn't know what they wanted or what they would say. And you would sort of, you know, I would sort of come in literally off the street, blind going, I've never met these people before. I've never seen where they live. I won't be able to do it. And then you get in there and something will suggest itself and you will see a colour on a wall or something somebody's wearing. Like a little side, trigger, that's what a you're little looking for, trigger. Isn't it? And I think you know that because we work in that sector, we're perhaps attuned to listening to that. And I think, you know, if you're feeling the overwhelm about the design, just again take a few minutes in the space and and just see what bubbles up because that could well be the start of it. And if that's what's bubbling up from your subconscious, your instinct, then listen to it, see where it goes. And, you know, it might be you're suddenly looking at emerald green and the whole of the rest of your brain is going, stop, you can't possibly paint your emerald green. That's an insane colour. But actually maybe that is the colour you want. And maybe that's the colour you end up with your armchair and the walls are much calmer. But I think we do have a gut instinct as to what we like and what makes us feel how we need to feel in the room we're decorating. So obviously the mood is different between a bedroom and a sitting room or an office and, and then a coming back
0: to what you were and saying listen, before is, um, and if you're struggling to get in touch with that gut reaction, that's when you go out and you experience spaces, isn't yeah. it, right? I mean, on the show that we filmed this year, I met this gorgeous couple, Peter and Anna. They were amazing. But they, I think they'd be fair to say, had no idea that classic he said i like white walls i was like brilliant that's inspirational peter that's on brand (laughs) (laughs) and anna kicked off by saying oh i want something really quirky like zebra heads on the walls monkeys leopard print and i was like well hey i can see where this is going and then actually when i presented that sort of idea she was like oh no i just saw it on instagram and thought it looked fun but actually no i couldn't live with it so what i did because i couldn't get past go with these two at Mm. all they really couldn't tell me anything that they liked. So I took them to a restaurant interior, the Ivy in Brighton, which is really colorful. full on and yeah. I thought this is going to be Marmite they're either going to see stuff they like in here or they're going to absolutely hate it but it's going to start yes, giving yeah. us an idea and it was really interesting they did actually really like it and we started picking out various elements like the colour palette so for example there was emerald green in there they're like we really don't mm. like that colour but we love the burnt orange over yeah. here uh, there were some finishes like marble and glass and brass and lots of art deco lighting which they loved and then the really bright jungle print wallpaper they're like no not all that's far too much so within just an hour inside a restaurant we were able to go I like that but I don't like that and then I had we had something to work on yeah and also I think that notion of so you might think you
1: want zebras and leopard print maybe you also have to just work it through for a bit until you get to the point where it's not working and then you can sort of again take a look and well, realize like, that no, me- sort of re- and realize it's a red herring and realize it's a red herring and it's not working because you actually don't like do it. Do that before you've bought anything. Oh, totally. <laughs> but, but but that's where that's what perhaps where actually the two D comes into its own because you're not spending any money yes. scrolling through it. But try and analyze it and say, okay, so I you know I've seen this leopard print everywhere on Instagram. I'm going to have a go at that. So just start maybe, you know, looking at samples. You don't even have to order maybe them. Maybe Looking board, at pictures board or mood board there, yeah. or print them out. I've
0: got you on board now, haven't I? Yeah. Look how I did that. I'm going to do oh, it. Oh, see, she just but, talked um, herself. I'm going it. Time to end this
1: topic. <laughs> um, but that that idea of follow it through and you will either find that you're suddenly getting excited and you're thinking, oh, and with that leopard print I could put this and then there's that and you're grabbing stuff and running with it or you're sitting there staring at it going... I really don't know what goes with that, at which point maybe you have to say, well, that's not right for me. I like it to look at in a picture in a magazine, mm,
0: but I don't but want I to live in live it. And it. it's it's always, I think, just about asking yourself a few more questions. I think the headline here is take your time. Yeah. Invest in this time. Invest in this time to do the well, time inquiry. Is free. Do the inquiry. Find out what it is you really like. Don't put pressure on yourself because that will kill off the creative process yeah. and i think this is the perfect time of year to do it totally and then you can between go the years. between the years and then you can go into 2022 with full gusto clarity and conviction that yes leopard print and zebra heads is the way to decorate or not <laughs> And all this talk of ideas and inspiration leads us very seamlessly into thinking about what's in store for the year ahead. What do you see in your stylishly crafted crystal ball for 2022, Kate?
1: Are you asking me in a very posh way about trends? (laughs)
0: In a very roundabout way, what's going to be in and what's
1: going to be out? again, I think it's really interesting, unless unless I've just missed all the emails, Mm. I don't feel like I've been inundated with people telling me what the trends are. You know, we haven't had, obviously, the proper trade shows for two years now. So I wonder... Trends will always be around but I wonder whether it's less important so that there will be as we said last year I think certain lifestyle trends such as sustainability and a less throwaway culture those things will carry on but if you're going to ask me you know are we all going to be painting our walls very perry I think some people will because they like
0: it and some people won't because they don't and they won't care. Yeah I think that seems to be my feeling as well I don't really care what the, what the trends are I think it's interesting that the two big colour forecasters Dulux with their bright skies which we've already discussed in a previous episode this very clear light pale blue representing optimism uplift fresh bright new skies and a new dawn post-pandemic etc cetera, etc cetera. and then Pantone have brought in very perry <laughs> snigger snigger which is their purpley blue which they say blends the kind of calming tones of blue with the uplifting tones of red again it's this feeling of optimism newness they wish we should be so lucky exactly Um, it does feel feel a bit like forced (laughs) no no I'm fully on board with the
1: optimism What I will say is, you know, I always like the theory behind these colours. I like that they have spoken to trend forecasters and fashion people and and come up with these ideas to reflect the mood of the world in a colour. I like that as a theory. But I've got to say, neither of those colours are coming anywhere near my house ever in a million years. No, they're... Bright light blue and purple light... (laughs) I mean, that's just not going to happen. So I
0: think what's quite interesting as well is that they're both colours that feel very modern and quite youthful. And I'm wondering whether they're over-egging it a bit. Are you I just don't... saying I'm too old for these colours? Well, maybe I am as well. I mean, they're they're actually colours that I probably actually quite like, and I could see both of them in my home. They sort of go with my palette. But it's more the sentiment, this whole, like, bright new door. We're just not there yet, are we, no. people? I think, you know, yes, clearly. I always read something today that said we're coming out of the end of the beginning and starting the beginning of the end, not yep. in a doomsday word, but at the beginning of the end of the pandemic. So... We're in the middle. So, are you so, saying
1: the colour actually should be treacle, as
0: in, we're wading through it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Still, <Yeah. The> mud. <laughs> Treacle's quite a nice colour. I could be on board with but
0: that. But I think it makes it hard for the for the trend forecasters because they always want to show us something new. And my feeling is I'm not really here for the new. I just quite like everything to stabilise <laughs> a little
1: bit. Well, there's that there's that Chinese curse, isn't there? May you live in interesting times. Right. Um, and I always used to sort of wonder what that meant when I was much younger. Because you'd think, of course, I don't want my life to be boring. And, mm. you know, it's been quite interesting for a few years now and I'm yes. kind of over it, you know. <laughs> I'm a bit over-interested. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would like it, you know. Obviously, I don't want it to be the same as last year, but I would like stability and nothing too exciting. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be radically changing my house. I don't have plans to. But that I think fits what, I with think the sustainability, maybe, you know, reusing, keeping things the same. Oh, longevity.
0: yeah. I, I, well, exactly. I mean, the pandemic is one big thing that's taken over, hasn't it, in the last couple of years. But obviously, big conversations around the planet and the environment is not going away anytime soon and this is reflected of course in in trends but also just how we feel about our homes And so, you know, again, I think more and more in terms of manufacture and materials and our concept of fast fashion, if you like, of throwing stuff out is going to stay and hopefully gather pace as well and not just be a trend, be a a way of life, if Mm -hmm. you like. But I think the biggest trend for me that's come out of this year, out of all of them, has been the concept of like really connecting with how important our homes are to us. I've always loved my home, for sure. You know, I'm an interior designer, like I get it. But it's never been more important. And I feel like loads of people have got connected to that in the last couple of years. And it's not about making it look cool for other people. You know, it's not about, oh, this new look that I'm doing in my house is really going to impress the neighbours. I think that's less of a thrust and more about how do I want my home to be for me? And therefore, trends become a bit irrelevant, don't they?
1: Well, and I think that would be, If you're asking me to look into my crystal ball for next year, I would say that if you make resolutions or have ideas or you're cleaning out your brain, that the focus for next year should be, how can I get my home to be a place that I feel comfortable Mm. and happy in? And it doesn't matter what it looks like because it's supporting you. Mm. You know, and if that involves redecorating, then fine. You know, it's Mm -hmm. always fun to redecorate and have something new, but, but do it for you because it will end up looking how you need it to look so that you feel good when you're in it. And that's all anybody should ever do. But that said, apparently, curves are still going to be big. Oh, curves still yeah. going to be big.
0: Curves have been big for a while, yes. haven't they? Yeah, still big. That's a softness right yeah, there, soft isn't it? Soft organic shapes. Soft, organic, no hard lines. Yeah. Colour, I think, is still going to be really strong. I don't think we're going to go back to the greys and the and the scandy minimalism. I think people are still enjoying the mood-boosting properties of being surrounded by mm. colour. So I think we'll see that. Well, and I think it's
1: also no accident that, you know, there's been a lot of talk of maximalism. Mm. And when I think of maximalism in terms of fabric, it tends to be big printed florals, which is the nature and the biophilia and the outside. So, I mean, I, you know, I wonder slightly whether that has come along as well. I mean, maximalism was creeping up. I think the pandemic accelerated it. But those sort of patterns tend to be patterns from nature It's don't interesting
0: they. you should talk about biophilia because I wonder as well whether another big movement we're going to see which I'd like to see more research into is scientific research into the well-being and emotional support our home environments our interior spaces can give us. You know I think the other pandemic that's happened aside from Covid has been a bit of an anxiety yeah. <laughs> pandemic. People feeling stressed, insecure, anxious and We know that when you create a space that feels nice to be in, that can really alleviate a lot of those pressures. And I know there's been a lot of research into biophilia. These are natural materials, natural colours, natural motifs and textures that are associated with the outside and why that connection with nature lowers our blood pressure, makes us feel more at ease. But we've also worked with Stephen Westland, Professor of Colour at Leeds University, haven't we, this year? And talked to him and all his research into actual colours mm. and how colour can affect well-being. And it still feels, even though there's been so much research about colour, they're still breaking boundaries. I
1: think the more we look into it, and I feel like the doors have been opened to people wanting to know more about that research and perhaps even doing that research I think you know the the starting point was that people suddenly became aware of the effect of their surroundings i.e their homes on their mental health and now that that door's been opened I feel like there's an appetite to know more so that decorating might in the future and I wouldn't project time on it but become something where it's not just because I like that colour but I've put that colour on that wall because I look at that wall every day after breakfast and that puts me in the mood I need to face the day and I've used that colour on that wall because that's where I face when I'm lying in bed when I want Mm. to go to sleep so it will be always about colours you like but a much greater sort of building into your scheme understanding your, how you feel at different times yes, of the day for what and purposes etc i mean that's going to open a whole can of worms for people who live together or share <laughs> rooms and spaces but yeah we we will be here to guide you through that
0: your studio 54 glitter yes. disco light experience
1: <laughs> and you can gather lots more inspiration and tips from our facebook group the great indoors
0: podcast So regular listeners of the podcast may remember that every episode we used to have a little section at the end called design crimes and then that kind of made way for our style surgery. However, just for a bit of fun, because, you know, it is the end of the year and all that, we thought we'd resurrect design crimes for one episode only and have a chat about any that we've spotted lately. What do you think, Kate Watson, Smythe? I have to say this was sparked in part by
1: watching your stories over the summer as you were filming your TV show and you turned up in a sort of endless succession of quite dreary hotel rooms. And I remember thinking, oh, thank God, I don't do telly because, you know, not only could I not sleep in that purple room with a silver sequin statue by the mirror, but um, I'm pretty sure the coffee will be bad as well. So it started us thinking again, and I'm going straight in. You know what my top design crime... Of 2021 is going to be tidiness, tidiness. I think it's a crime. I think it's a design She's crime. She's
0: sat in her immaculately presented tidy home.
1: What are you talking no, well, this about? Is not, but it's not that tidy. But it, you know where it's so tidy that you're afraid to sit on the sofa because the cushions are oh, well, too plumped. The karate chop cushions are too plumped oh, up. Uh, 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 or yes, other design number crime. Number two, design crime. Or yes, you. Damp anything down on the coffee table because it's been so immaculately styled and arranged with so it's things like on it. Tidy and it's, perfection. Yes yeah, it's it's the frightening. Perf- Fright- and clearly belongs to someone with a criminal mindset. I
0: mean nobody's <laughs> that tidy. I just
1: I don't trust people who are that tidy. And also there's a murder just taken place and it was yeah, a Yeah, And they've tidied it away. Um but it also Well, obviously I am not a minimalist and I do like stuff and I don't necessarily want just a random pile of clutter, but... You know, there's a difference between being so super tidy that you've stripped all the personality out. And I think Mm. that also plays to that other old design crime we've talked about, where everything's too matchy. You know, there's no personality in there. So I would say that's a design crime. You know, have an arrangement of things that you love. Have stuff. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a pile of laundry and an absolute mess. But don't strip it back so far. It's like when people used to sort of style their houses for selling them, didn't they? You know, it was all, Mm. you've got to take all your personality out and remove all the photographs it's that super sterile tidiness
0: sterile and it just design makes you crime. feel unrelaxed
1: Huge. yes talking of styling though mm. i'm going straight into my next one. Oh gosh she's on a roll i'm on a roll now you see you've resurrected it <laughs> as well as tidiness being a design crime over styling and oh. this is something you see a lot on instagram or mood media, boards, social right. media yes it's where i see things that have been styled and they do look lovely in the photograph and they do look pretty in the photograph so but the I problem always, is the problem is it's not real why why would you have that plant next to your kitchen sink where it's going to get covered in washing up liquid or oh. do you know it's that oh. i like Styled, but I like it to be real, not just styled for the photograph where you've got a really annoying bunch of little wooden trees next to your bedside table where, where's your book and your tissues? So, con- contrived styling. Contrived so this is, is this, this like
0: word. rolling your towels in a basket type thing? Is it? I think it might be. Who does is that? It?
1: Actually, get in touch if you do that. <laughs> I might have to interview you to find out about that. Examples.
0: Is it sort of like placing your cushions perfectly on the sofa and giving those little karate chops that interior designers like? Yeah, exactly. It's just but you can't sit on a cushion that's been karate chopped because you might ruin it. Exactly. So then it's not a very comfortable place to sit. Yeah, so it's not, it's not a home. It's not a place you want to be. Is it sort of styling your bedside table with little posy of fresh flowers? Yeah, who does that? A little ornament, little Only magazines tray. do that. Actually, I do that. All, but yeah, do
1: you yeah, do. do you I when do. the cameras
0: aren't there? I do like a nicely styled bedside table. Do I you? Do. I have a little tray which I put my glasses in, just a couple of books. Actually it can then get into piles of mugs and watchers keep it real i'm not saying you books, want to photograph
1: um, your bedside table with a pile of you know half used coffee cups and a squeezed out tea bag i don't bag know. On the side, i am go-
0: i am going to push back a little bit because i think it's nice to create nice little styly thoughtful moments in your home and sometimes you know especially if you haven't got your decor exactly how you want it you're in the middle of stuff just creating a nice little moment Nice little I, corner I have no problem with nice thing to do. I'm not okay, against so this the, is is not the moment. moment. So it's the crime about, is the
1: it's putting the wrong thing in the wrong place. Oh my gosh, the pressure, the pressure well, to please you. I don't know. Now you know <laughs> you're going to, yes, going to make me think of a, an example, and I can't do it now. But you know the I don't know the half played game of backgammon or something which just isn't real because you would have put it away or somebody would have trodden on it so it's the... like
0: styling your home for the gram and then not putting it away afterwards and it just looking a little it contrived just looks oh a bit I tell you what I've got a brilliant one it's just popped into my mind now I kind of love her Mrs Hinch you oh, I know, don't really know the her ins- You don't really, you don't really know the Instagram phenomenon. I know, I know who she is, but I don't follow her. Maybe I should. So, any of our listeners who don't know who Mrs. Hinch is, she's got millions of followers, and she predominantly cleans her house, and people watch her clean her house, and it's quite addictive. Anyway, she does this thing where she cleans her kitchen sink, polishes the tap, cleans the worktops, all very therapeutic, and then she polishes the hob, and then she's got this weird thing where she put always puts the same vase of faux flowers in a vase on the glass hob. That's what I'm talking about. What? That's wrong. That's that, wrong. That's what I'm talking
1: about. You would never have a vase Vars of, of flowers, flowers on your cooker. on your hob. So she's done it for the photograph, or just because she's closing the lid of a You know, I don't have a hob I with think a she lid. she just
0: does it because she likes weird. to celebrate her worktops being nice and shiny. But and why the not put the
1: vase of flowers next to the hob where it would look really, probably quite nice and part of the room?
0: It's it, that's what I'm talking about. It's the overstyling with things that just shouldn't be there. Sorry, I'll breathe. I'll breathe. I must admit I feel like I've gone terribly wrong. This is gonna be fun and look at you. (laughs) You're all (laughs) red in the face. Come on, we got another one. What's another
1: one? Well, no, you were gonna lead us into were they fake? Did you say they were fake flowers? Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. So fake flowers, fake plants is an interesting one. Where do you stand? Well, I think it's really interesting because I've always been dead against fake flowers and plants, personally. I just think, why would you want something plastic when the real thing and nature is so much more lovely? Having said that, I have had a very bad background with keeping them alive, although I'm doing quite well at the moment. I've got into my little ritual where I go around once a week. and you talk to them? No, I'm not mad. (laughs) Or Prince Charles. But interestingly, a photographer came to the house recently to do an article for The Telegraph. And the photographer said, gosh, I'm so surprised. All your plants are real and none of them are fake. And I was like what are you talking about? She's like, oh, all the houses we go into, and obviously they're really quite fabulous houses if they're being photographed in the Telegraph. She says, they've all got fake flowers and plants in them. And I was quite shocked. That's really interesting, isn't it? And I always thought they were a bit of a a design crime, There's a lot
1: of snobbery around fake plants. And leaving aside the fact that they're made from plastic, which, you know, may or may not be a problem, I think if you keep it for a long time, perhaps it's not, but that is not the point. The point is, is it a design crime to have fake plants instead of real ones and I have got some fake plants I have to say I don't buy into that because I used to have a fabulous
0: fiddly fig in my kitchen by that the table that is the design plant of choice that, that was it? the
1: plant wasn't it and I've had it for years and, and years and they were and once years. really hard
0: to get hold of because yeah, them yeah because I think
1: them. Um, the fashion house Celine used them on their runway for one fashion show oh, and, and immediately and everybody in it. fashion rushed out and bought one and they couldn't grow them quickly enough to <laughs> restock <laughs> the, the masses need right I must have a fiddly big. I think it's got its own hashtag and everything. But I had one and it was beautiful and leafy and it was by the table. And every single time somebody got up from the table looking at my two teenage sons and my husband, they would bash that plant. And it was a relentless plant bashing stream. And eventually, you know, the leaves fell off and it went brown enough. I've rescued it from the kitchen. I've moved it upstairs. It's having a strop because it's been moved. All its leaves have fallen off. I mean, we'll see if it comes back. But... It felt very bare without it. And I like that greenery there. Mm. So in its place, I have put on a stand Ooh, a rather is that fabulous a, is that a fo- faux plant, is that faux? which you just saw when you were having lunch. I did it's not faux, And it doesn't matter if you touch it or hit it or knock it or forget or to water it. it because it's still there and it's bringing the greenery. And I think... Obviously, we've talked about biophilia and how being in nature can inspire you and calm your heart rate. Yeah, but
0: not a plastic plant, Kate. Well,
1: no, because I spoke to Emma Morley, runs a office space interior design company. And she pivoted during the pandemic to designing home office spaces because obviously there were no commercial spaces to be designed i think she's gone back now but she said if your home office space is not by a window and you've got no view then there's absolutely nothing wrong even can be beneficial to put some wallpaper there with a botanical print on it because that can help so actually i think even looking at something that resembles a plant in some form or another even if it's not real it can still be beneficial. Okay. So I'm never going to so put faux plots re- in the
0: Design Crime 101 you room. You've rescued them. I've rescued I've taken them out. Okay. Wow. Yeah, there you I'll, go. I'll allow that, I think. <laughs> What's Got next? Got any more? I have got one which I'm not sure I'm going to let you off the hook with quite so easily. Listeners will definitely remember this, and it's definitely ingrained on my mind that uh, one of your biggest design crimes from a previous episode was typography. I remember quite a rant, actually. Oh yeah. And um, when I'm talking about love, typography, live, live, love, love, mm, yeah. Stay calm. Yeah. Carry Yay! on. On cushions, on artwork, on wall murals. You couldn't bear it. Yeah. And uh, anything you want to share? No, nothing at all. I feel very comfortable in my dislike of rubbish typography. Oh, that's interesting. So, over lunch, over lunch today, uh, chatting to the mad husband. So, So nice your husband so insightful and <laughs> um, he said that uh, you've got a red poster up in your kitchen that has actually been replaced by a piece of typography artwork that you recently acquired just waiting for it to come back from the framers he mentioned um, um, well mentioned. that yes mm. uh, that <coughs> says I can't
1: even remember what it says now something about sausages something about sausages it's in Italian so <laughs>
0: therefore it's better isn't it
1: it's uh, amore pace salsiccia love, peace and sausages um, no I'm not going to squirm do you know what it is what I so I'm, I'm going to have layers of typography oh, distinctions okay. so mine's fine everybody else's is rubbish <laughs> no what I, I don't have a I have all got typography upstairs mostly involving four-letter words which i can't mention here because we'll be slapped Mm -hmm. with a health warning again (laughs) it was the very cliched ones that i can't bear the one that there's one that says blah 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 it is love live laugh and keep calm and Um, carry all those i can't bear the generic typography where you see the same phrases again and again so i'm fine with typography if it's witty if you've made it up if you're the only person or one of very few people who have it so you have terms i have terms and conditions (laughs) when it comes to typography please see the t's and c's at the end of the program no exceptions will be made no dialogue can be entered into with the judge the judge's decision is final
0: (laughs) Well, I hope you found that a little bit of fun. I think it's far too stressful to be bringing that (laughs) back again. So we will be resuming our style surgery section in the new series in the new year. So if you have a question that you'd like Kate and I to answer, do send us an email and indeed a voice note to thegreatindoorspod at gmail.com. As always, there's more pictures and links on the blogs
1: madaboutthehouse.com and sophierobinson.co.uk.
0: And that's the end of the current series and indeed 2021 but we will be back before you know it bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and full of design delights to brighten up your 2022 and in the meantime thanks to our producers
1: Kate Taylor and Sarah Cudden of Feast Collective to Tom Brignall who mixes it all so beautifully and thank you to you for listening
0: and we'll see you in the great indoors Whoop doo doo throat
1: doo doo